0: Good morning and welcome to the Fantasy Blink, a daily podcast where I talk all sports fantasy and real. I am Brian Beans and I am your host. It is Wednesday, Hump Day, May 19, episode number 312, NBA Playoffs have started. The play-in games began last night in the East. It was the number 9, Indiana Pacers 144, the number 10. Charlotte Hornets, 117, so the Hornets are eliminated. The Pacers move on now to play for that also coveted number eight seed, right? Number number seven seed, I guess, is how that works, right? Yeah, because the Hornets are eliminated. The Celtics win the 7-8, 118 to 100, right? No, so they're playing for the eight seed, right? So the Celtics get the seven. Celtics lock in as the 7. They're done, don't have to play anymore. Now the Wizards, who lost to the Celtics, will play the Pacers, who beat the Hornets for the number 8 seed. So they play, I believe they play tomorrow night. They might play tonight. I'm not sure. West, I think the West plays tonight, and then both the East and the West uh, play-in games are tomorrow. So the Celtics move on. They are in as the 7. Pacers move up and have a shot at the 8. The Wizards will have to play for their lives tonight uh, to hold that number 8 seed or tomorrow night whenever they play. The West plays tonight, and we'll see how those come out. The NHL continues to skate in the playoffs, and I believe Vancouver continues to skate in the regular season. They're still playing these games. It's pretty funny, actually, as the playoffs go. Uh, they have non-playoff games going as well. The Penguins uh, get the comeback to tie it up against the Islanders. They go 2-1 to one over the Islanders. That evens that series at 1-1. One and one. Uh, The Lightning take a commanding 2-0 lead over the Florida Panthers with another road win. Uh, that's 2-0 and on the road. Uh, so the Lightning are in a great spot in that one. The Golden Knights strike back against the Wild. They even that series at 1-1. One and one with the 3-1 win moving on to Major League Baseball Mike Trout uh, out 6-8 to eight weeks with the calf strain we knew he was injured but we didn't know it was this serious so that's going to certainly make a dent in some teams there Hayen Jin Ryu had a great game against the Red Sox 7 innings, 4 hits, no runs, no walks 7 strikeouts Ramon Laureano with 2 dingers last night in leading the A's over the Astros. Mookie Betts had a home run, his number his number five of the year. A little bit a slow start. Uh, Di again, looking good against his old mates uh, for the Giants. Seven, seven innings, six hits, one run, two walks, seven strikeouts. They actually let him go seven innings, which is longer they've been, than they've been letting him go. Zach Wheeler, in the no decision, goes seven innings, five hits, no runs, no walks. 10 strikeouts. Miguel Sano with 3, count them, 3 home runs. The Brewers get shut out again. Man, these guys cannot score runs no matter what. They're shut out by the, the Royals and Chris Bubik, 6 innings, 1 hit, no runs, 2 walks, 4 strikeouts. And to top it all off, the creme de la creme, the final showing of the night, Spencer Turnbull with the no hitter for the Detroit Tigers, that's the number five. That's the fifth no hitter so far this year. The second in two weeks against the Mariners. So I guess the bigger question is not will the record of seven no hitters in a season be be taken over. I, I think that's a foregone conclusion. We're on we're May nineteenth, and we've already had five no hitters. Uh, I think the record of seven in a season is going to fall. The the other question, though, is will the Mariners be the first team to get no hit three times in a season? Because they are tied with several teams for two times in one season now, and uh, that is the record. So we'll see if the Mariners can set that not-so-distinguishable record of the most times being no hit in a season. So we had this controversy, and this was on monday erman erman mercedes uh late in the game for the white sox this is uh d h for the white sox he's uh the 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 white sox are up fifteen to four i believe it was at that time late in the game i think it was the ninth and and minnesota had Williams ostidio in pitching, position player, catcher, slash first base, slash DH, slash third base. He's up there throwing grapefruits. And it's 3-0 count. And Tony La the manager, the the third base coach, they're trying to get get the take sign, take sign, make sure that he takes. Well, he doesn't take it. (laughs) He takes it. Takes it about 400. 425 feet uh, to center field, absolutely crushes the ball. Now keep in mind that this this pitch was traveling at 47 miles per hour, right? This was uh, the longest ball uh, to be hit on a 47 mile an hour, whatever it was. I, I, I dare not call that a fastball, 47 miles per hour. So there's a lot of hoopla about... You know, should he have been taking? Should he have been swinging away? It's 3-0. It's the ninth inning. Um, you're up by 11 runs, whatever. So Tony Larusa comes out after the game and says, uh, and I quote, "It was a big mistake. The fact that he's a rookie and excited helps explain why he's he just was clueless." But now he's got a clue and he went on to say that he'll you know learn he'll learn his lesson internally or whatever gonna learn this learn that whatever Uh, tony larusa shut up just shut up enough of this of these unwritten rules in baseball this game is uh, i think everyone would agree is a dying game Uh, if you look at it compared to the other major sports uh, baseball is in the crapper as far as attendance, as far as television ratings, as far as we need anything we can possibly get to make this game better. And if seeing uh, a position player in there chucking the ball 47 miles an hour and watching a guy yard him uh, 450 feet, if that's what makes the game more exciting, then bring it on. And Tony Larusa, I think it's probably time. And and I don't think I'm alone in this opinion a time it's time for you to move on, right They don't like you in Chicago, right? They never have. Uh, and now that you are a member of the Chicago team, they still don't like you. You're not a good manager and the game has passed you by. so shut up and get out of the game. Uh, I think Trevor Bauer put it best and he tweeted shortly after all of this went down. And I quote, anyone who is mad about a hitter hitting should get out of the game. Okay? Enough. Enough of these stupid unwritten rules. Bat flips, whatever. So yeah, then the next day, of course, yesterday, seventh inning, Mercedes is up to the plate, and the pitcher, whoever it was, idiot, threw behind him. Right, Twins throw behind him, he gets tossed. Rocco Baldelli, the manager, he gets tossed as well. Blah, blah, blah. Shut up and play the game. Enough is enough. If you can't throw the ball by the guy, then throw it harder. Be better. Be better at your game. Stop whining about what everybody else is doing against you and be better enough of these unwritten stupid baseball rules that aren't rules and that's all i will say about that so yesterday i covered those guys in the nfl draft the upcoming all of your best ball drafts all of your rookie drafts all of your redrafts uh, the guys to avoid the guys to watch out for the misnomers uh, based on their previous year's ranking well today I will cover a few guys that you should look for, keep an eye out for, try to grab them. They might just pay off. We'll start at the quarterback position. Now, this one's kind of an obvious one. Dak, of course, finished as the number 26 overall quarterback in fantasy last year. Granted, he only played six games, but um, there's a chance. There's a chance that do based on this ranking, especially in your family leagues and you know where the people aren't paying super close attention he might slip he might slip a little farther than he should and he should definitely be drafted in the top five quarterbacks overall Uh, so if he gets past there uh, you're gonna wanna jump on him the next guy I would say that can you know this guy might not be a league winner but you're gonna be able to get him at a tremendous value and he was number 28 last year And if he can hold on to the starting job this year, and I don't see anybody there that's going to challenge him necessarily for the starting job, but that's uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He finished as the number 28 quarterback last year, so he will be readily available late, late, late in drafts. And he's got quite a few weapons there in Washington to throw the ball to, and we know as a fantasy asset he likes to chuck it. So... Keep an eye out for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Another, and, and this one's a, a duo, because we don't really know how this one's going to play out. But if you take the combination of Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill in New Orleans, we don't know who's going to be the starter or how they're going to divide up the snaps here. Uh, but keep an eye on this one. And whomever looks like they're going to get the job, these guys are basically unranked last year. and they will be valuable fantasy assets this year so keep an eye on whoever gets it doesn't matter if winston gets a starting job you you definitely want him and if Taysom hill gets the job you definitely want him because both will be valuable quarterback assets and then my final quarterback grab him he finished number 22 last year but he's got a brand new team brand new offensive line some new weapons uh, a great running game carson wentz is going to be uh, your steal of the draft this year, and he's going to be available. He's going to be there uh, later in your drafts, especially if you uh, like to push that quarterback position to to later in the draft. You could grab any one of you could grab any two of these three: Fitzpatrick, Winston, Hill, Wentz, uh, and run that combo through the year and not cost yourself a lot of draft capital. Moving to the running back position, uh, keep an eye out for this guy. Yeah, he's not a big. He's not a sneaky one, right? Everybody knows who Ezekiel Elliott is, but if you take a look at uh, the games that he played last year with Dak Prescott in the lineup, he was a top-five running back, and I believe that Zeke will be a top-five running back and, and always always has a chance to be the number-one running back uh, in in the league at any time based on what that offense can do and the opportunities they can provide him with. Tony Pollard is not going to take any more of the work than he has at any other time. If you can grab him, and you should be able to get him later in the first round, you're you're taking Zeke uh, if you have, say, if you are, you know, pick six or later Uh, in that first round, you're going to want to grab him because he is going to dominate this year. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is another one. He finished as the running back 24 last year, but we all saw how he finished the year. (coughs) He's uh, had a great end of the year, found the end zone a lot, and uh, I think I I see that role. Granted, he's always going to be sharing with Gus Bus. He's always going to be giving up some of those goal line carries to, uh, to Lamar Jackson, but uh, but he's going to be their main goal line guy and he's going to get uh, you know the lion's share of the work in, in a running game that wants to be used all the time. So grab JK Dobbins. He's probably going to be available first part of the second round. Miles Gaskin finished as the number 26 running back last year. missed a few games with injury, uh, but he is the guy. he's the guy. Uh, they brought in Malcolm Brown. As a as a backup, great. So he might steal a couple of goal line carries here or there. But uh, Miles Gaskin is going to be available, you know, maybe as er- maybe as late as the second or third round. So make sure and not let him slip by you if he's available down there. Joe Mixon is my last running back. Of course, he missed most of the season. Finished as the running back 48. Everybody knows who Mixon is. Um, but in that offense, that uh, should be getting better and better. Man, if this guy can stay healthy, he is, again, he could be one of those top five running backs with the usage that he could get in Cincinnati. So keep an eye out for Joe Mixon. Your wide receiver core, here's some to look for. Uh, The number 14 last year, number 14, Amari Cooper. Keep an eye out for Cooper. Uh, if If you look at what he did last year when Dak was healthy, he was on pace to challenge Michael Thomas's reception record, right in near that 150 reception mark. He was getting loads of targets and was getting a lot of opportunities and getting it done early. So keep an eye on. He's you know number 14. He's a steal if you can get him as the number 14 wide receiver. Terry McLaurin, what uh, finished as the number 18 last year. Also like him and uh, just pairing him with Fitzpatrick there in Washington, I think he's going to see uh, an enormous amount of opportunities there, and he is the guy, and we know that Fitzpatrick loves to lock on to the guy, so uh, keep an eye on him to be moving up easily, easily in the top 10 wide receivers this year. Another one to keep an eye on, I like Jerry Judy, finished as the number 43 wide receiver last year, had a lot of drops, had to deal with Drew Locke. Might have to deal with Drew Locke again. It's hard to say. Uh, it's going to be an open competition between Locke and Bridgewater, but I just think the growth that he will make, having Cortland Sutton in there to take a little pressure off, should help. And he can, I, I believe, as the wide receiver number 43, you're going to be able to get him pretty late. And I think he can be a viable wide receiver, two uh, in your fantasy league this year. And then. Uh, of course, this guy needs no introduction, but he finished his number 48 last year, missed a lot of time, and is getting close to the end of a great career, a Hall of Fame career. But Julio Jones is going to be available, and he's going to be available later than you're used to seeing him. And all he has to do is stay on the field, and he's going to be good. Make sure and grab him if he's there, sitting there, waiting for you in the third, even the fourth round, possibly. Uh, you can't let him go by. Tight end, the tight end position. Uh, Jared Cook, I like his new landing spot with um, with Herbert in in L.A. with the Chargers. He finished as a number 18 last year, <laughs> a number 18 wide, res- or tight end. Uh, I think he can, he's old, I know, but I think he can have one more good season. Uh, grab him if he's there, and he's going to be there pretty late in drafts, you know, 10th round or later. Irv Smith finished as the tight end 23 last year. He's going to be the guy in Minnesota now that Kyle Rudolph is out of there. So look for him to be a top 10 tight end this year. Got a lot of usage at the end of last season. And then my last tight end, uh, kind of a sneaky one here, moved up to Seattle from the Rams. He finished number 24 last year. Had to share all kinds of time with Tyler Higbee. Uh, should be the guy in in the passing game in Seattle to share it with Lockett and D.K. Metcalf, Gerald Everett uh, finished as the number 24 and I see him with top 10 potential if uh, he gets that kind of usage. He has he has a lot of talent and has been waiting for that opportunity so he is another guy I'm looking for in the tight end market. Alright? Just like that. Wrapping her up. It's May 19th. Episode number 312 is in the books. Everybody have a great hump day. And we'll see you tomorrow on the Fantasy Blank. Over and out.